Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. That's right. MMA is upon us. A weekend full of it. And tomorrow night, UFC back in action at the empty apex. Well, empty-ish apex. There's a handful of people there. UFC Vegas 31 main event in the lightweight division. Islam Makachev taking on Tiago Moises. And according to Las Vegas and the betting lines, not a lot of hope for one Tiago Moises tomorrow night. But also, another big storyline going down in the co-main event, the return after a nearly five-year layoff of one Misha Tate, the former women's bantamweight champion, as she will take on Marion Renault in what will be Renault's final fight of her mixed martial arts careers. We're here to talk about this card, UFC Vegas 31, going down tomorrow with all of you. To welcome you to our preview show, I am Mike Heck, being joined by the entire crew here. We got Jose Youngs in Arizona. Big game five coming up very soon for Suns the Phoenix Suns against the Milwaukee Bucks. We got Alex K. Lee. Who had it? Unfortunately, his... are we? Uh, we talking MMA? Ahead, yeah. Did we talk about MMA last week? Didn't we talk about MMA last week? We talked about MMA again already. <laughs> uh, that ki- that kills the parties, guys. That normally kills the parties. It's all right. Well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm workshopping it. I'm workshopping it. Just workshopping my, my MMA joke material. Thank. <laughs> uh, next time. Next time. Next time. Next time. Nice try, Joey Gladstone. And then we got E. Casey Lydon joining us on the ones and twos. How are you, my friend? Doing fantastic, sir. Happy to be no here. No dad joke? No dad joke to kick us off? No, no, I'm here to talk business. MMA. Mixing the martial arts. That's what we're here for. Yeah, I was going to start off with the joke about the jump rope, but I thought I'd skip it. hey All right, let's... That's right. That's right. So Islam Makachev versus Tiago Moises, of course... The lightweight division was at the top of the marquee this past weekend, UFC 264. Dustin Poirier defeats Conor McGregor. We're not here to talk about that. But in a way, this card kind of was it kind of gets buried due to the hangover and the aftermath of, of UFC 264 and everything that has come out of it and continues to come out of it. 
do you kind of feel that yourself, Jose? I mean, some, sometimes these hangovers post pay-per-view are real, but I feel like this one's lasting quite a bit longer than some of the other ones we talked about. Do you agree with that? Yeah, but it's just how it goes with any Conor McGregor fight card. Like, do you remember the card after UFC 229? What, no. what was that? Which one was that? <laughs> that was Anthony Smith, Vulcan Ozdemir up in what, Moncton? Was oh, it? And Artem Lobov right. was going to fight Habib's <laughs> teammate on that card. Uh, before that all fell out. So it's just the same thing. They have like a an interesting main event with some interesting fights. They just get lost in the shuffle with a massive Conor McGregor card the week before. Like it's just it's just par for the course right now. Like I don't know many people that remember UFC 203 or what UFC 206. Like it's just it just happens. Uh, and those are pay-per-view cards after. So um it, it's the usual. I'm not I'm not surprised as one Mr. Nathan Diaz once said. Okay, as 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 you know, this one was this event kind of snake bitten in a way. I mean, we still have an, a, an interesting main event, but we were supposed to get Max Holloway versus Yaya Rodriguez tomorrow. Ooh. So I don't feel like the hangover would be as bad with that fight at the top of the bill as opposed to this fight, which is which is a fine fight. But I don't know. Like we, we haven't talked about your rating scale, your your gymnastic scale, so to speak, for a while. Like, what's the best this card can do with what we have right now and no, no Holloway versus Rodriguez. Mike, there's there's a reason we haven't used the gymnastic scale in a while. Uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for MMA cards. I realize, but but since you asked, if we must do this, if we must entertain this exercise, I mean, I think this card, taking it all in its entirety, not just in card, I think the card could be like a an eight point five. <laughs> wow. I think this has a degree of difficulty. All right, listen. There's three. Three bantamweight fights in this card. Bantamweights rule. We know this. I think Khalid Taha and Miles Johns and Anderson Dos Santos, those are bo- both good fights. I see a lot of good lighter weight stuff on the, on the prelims. I know we're going to dig deeper. Yeah, but I'm mean, just looking at the prelims. I think a lot of underappreciated lighter weight action. And I'm intrigued by the top two fights in this card. I'm intrigued by actually quite a few fights in this main card. So I'm going, again, this is a, everything. We're talking like you get good back and forth fights. You get some exciting knockouts. You get a cool submission. You get some, you know, some drama. Uh, that's if everything culminates. I think this card could be an 8.5. How do you like this card, EKC? What do you think? Like, how would you gauge your excitement level for this card? Like, there are some very interesting fights, but this is kind of like, a card Jose talks about from time to time where it's like, it's a lot, there's a lot of storylines surrounding certain fighters and you know, their apparent road to get to that next step. And we talked about that in between the links yesterday, but there are some like pretty compelling, interesting matchups, especially on the prelims. Where would you gauge your excitement level for this particular card tomorrow night? Yeah. Solid five. It's um, there's no, uh, there's there's fighters I'm interested in seeing. There's no actual matchups. I'm like that's the matchup that needs to fight that that, that needs to happen right now. Um, I mean, I'm excited to see Gamera. I'm excited to see Misha Tate's return. Um, I'm excited to see how good Makachev is um, or can be. Um, actually, the um, Daniel Rodriguez is always exciting to watch. Amanda Amanda Limos Limos is that how you say it? Is that what we're saying? Limos, yeah. Limos, yeah. She's looked spectacular at straw weight, so I'm 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 kind of bummed out that's so buried on the undercard against um, a very um very exciting Montserrat Conejo. So um, but as far as matchups, I mean it's it's a card. I'm I'm not. I mean I, I'm watching it. I w- I would if if I'm uh, even if I wasn't working, I would be at home excited to watch the fights. But 
I mean, it's there's nothing as yeah, it's 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 a fine night card. That's all. I mean, I think I I don't think we have to oversell it. I think it's a. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just I, I I'm not trying. Just, I, I don't want. Not, I'm, I'm not trying to crap on the card or anything. I'm just like it's it's they're fights. Are you sure? It's it's, it's, well, it's missing a main event. That's all. It's just missing a main event. If it had Holloway Yair, you know, something that's really got like serious title implications. Heck yeah, but um, no, it's just missing a main event. That's not the UFC's fault. It happens, but that's why you know they have a loaded roster, so the rest of the card is decent. So let's talk about this main event, Jose, because right now our good friends at DK Nation have Islam Makachev as a minus seven twenty favorite, and the comeback on Tiago Moises is plus five hundred. Now Islam is obviously a protege of Habib Nurmagomedov. A lot of people feel like he's sort of the the second coming of Habib, and he could be right in the title hunt title picture with the title around his waist very soon with the way that he's been performing in there. And uh, pretty much this entire fight's been put together from, you know, a lot of people that I've, that I've spoken with and a lot of reports out there. No one wants to fight Islam Makachev. Nobody wants to fight this guy in the top 15 or the top 10. And understandably so, because the risk reward factor isn't quite there, but Tiago Moises is like, you know what? I've been the underdog for so many of these different fights, fights Michael Johnson, fights Bobby Green, fights Alexander Hernandez, and he's kind of the overlooked guy. What do you think of this matchup in particular? And Tiago Moises saying, you know what? Give me a pen. I'm signing. I mean, it's just, it's what I said a while ago. Like you have these fighters that will do the UFC's favor, like favors, and then it will work out for them in the long run. I think it's both of these fighters. Like Islam clearly wanted to fight. The UFC wanted him to fight. Tiago Moises wanted to fight. So they just found two lightweights that are in the top 15 that just want to fight. And they did. I mean, Habib did it himself. Like what? Habib fought Michael Johnson when he had already like got offered a contract to fight for the title. And then they pulled it. He just goes, F it. I'll fight Michael Johnson. And then he gets hurt and he comes back and fight Edson Barbosa, like the RDA, the Pat Healy fights, the, what did he fight? Like, uh, uh, I forget his first name, Horcher, like on that Florida card, he stayed Darryl out. Horcher, yeah. Fight. yeah, there you go. So it's just like, Habib did the same thing. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that Islam uh, is going to do it. And from everything I've heard from just being around that team for like all these various fight nights, a lot of people think Islam has a higher ceiling than Habib because he hasn't been overly injured. Yes, he's lost a lot of uh, fights and people haven't wanted to fight him, but people think Islam could be a better all-around mixed martial artist than who many people consider to be the greatest lightweight, if not one of the top five greatest fighters in the history of the sport. So uh, as Casey and I have said a million times, anytime the best fight or there's any sort of inkling of they might be the best, I'm very excited. So this whole there's no main event. It's the Islam Makachev show. And if he truly is the best lightweight, I want to watch him fight. And a lot of people think that it's only a matter of time. Like whoever's the champion right now or moving forward is just keeping the seat warm for Mr. Islam Makachev. So if that's the case, I'm very excited for this fight. He has not, he hasn't really, he's yeah, he's lost yet. He's had a stumbling block. So he doesn't have that O on his record. So, but I can't wait. Uh, his, I can't, I, I am very, very excited for this main event. Yeah. How, and who's Tiago lost to like Benil Dariush and then, um, is individual who lost. Yeah. And he, isn't he on like a 16 fight win streak or something crazy like that? Like this is oh, Tiago Moises is Moises? No, the guy that the guy that is Magulov. Yeah, the guy that the only two losses that Tiago Moises has in the UFC are to Benil Dariush, who a lot of people are also saying is like a win away from the lightweight title fight, and just beat Tony Ferguson uh, pretty handedly, who meant who, who was supposed to fight for the title. And then the other guy lost, hasn't lost in what like five six yeah. years, and then he has. <laughs> so like Tiago Moises is really good. 
Like he's probably he could be a top ten, maybe he just hasn't had the matchups either. So I am super excited for this fight. And would I be more excited for Max Holloway, Yair, Yair Rodriguez? A thousand percent. But if you put Islam Makhachev and Tiago Moises in the octagon for five rounds, twenty five minutes, I'm gonna sit at the edge of my seat the whole time. So ten out of ten main event for me. Yeah, his other losses career, 10. Robert Whoa. Wiley yeah. at LFA. One hundred percent, man. I love this. I love this. If this was a fight. If this was a fight, it would be like, you know how, like, I, I'm like, I always say, like, this is just a really ex- high-level martial arts competition. Like, I don't care if this is for the title, if this is the main event, this is whatever. That's this for me. I don't care if this is the first fight of the night or the last fight of the night or it's a gym or if they're training in the gym. I want to watch Islam Makhachev fight Tiago Moises to see how good both men are. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of... Listen, it's not Holloway Yair, and it's unfair to compare the two fights, but this is an intriguing matchup. Like Tiago Moises has has done a lot of good things. He looks really good on the feet. I really like his boxing. I really like the way he approaches the striking game. He's made a lot of adjustments, a lot of changes. And one thing that is overlooked about Tiago Moises, his striking defense is unbelievable like go back and watch that alexander hernandez fight and i know there there were people out there who thought that hernandez won that fight santa i mean tiago man and i do he's i do want to add good at dodging punches man like he he, like hernandez missed like 80 percent of the punches that people thought he actually landed and i do want to add wasn't when he fought benil darius wasn't that like a last minute fight wasn't that like his first UFC fight? At least first or second one. So it's because I remember Benil like dominated him, and then after the fight, he was like, he's he just wasn't ready because in, in, he because Benil just wanted to stay on the card, and yep. maybe he's ready now. But yeah, good fight. I like the fight. I like the fight. Are you AK? I, I are you surprised that the line is this heavy? On I mean, I, mean, I know no, Makachev no, has no, that allure no. to him. He's really good. It's I, I just feel like nearly an eight to one in favor right now. Just. I don't know. I'm kind of surprised it's that high. Like if it was five to one, it wouldn't surprise me. But seven twenty going up, continuing to rise, that's a little surprising to me. Yeah, I don't agree with it. But it doesn't surprise me. Uh, again, if we're talking about how the oddsmakers should be thinking, once people hear, you know, who might even people who aren't familiar with Makachev, now that he's being built up, I mean, he has been being built up as a while. But you know, it's a fight week, so it's coming up again. The the next Khabib talk, you know, he's he's that guy who's going to fill that space. Um, how how can the oddsmakers not you know you can't you can't make the odds heavy enough in that case uh, and Tiago Moises as Jose kind of said is relatively unknown he's a tough guy uh, who's known again for those of us who keep up with it but as far as casual betting goes they don't know who Tiago Moises is um, he didn't the, the the other thing I want to focus on here guys is this this is exciting because this is a situation where uh, we have in the MMA fighting global rankings the only rankings that matter. We have Islam Makachev higher than the UFC does. So uh, Islam Makachev is number nine in the uh, quote-unquote official UFC rankings, whatever that means, uh, and number seven in the real rankings, in our rankings. So, uh, so we'll see. I think we're I think – I like it. I think we're ahead of the game here. This, this is one of the reasons, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, we just recently made our own rankings. Go to MMAfighting.com. There's a nice little thick button at the top. You can find it. Check them out. Uh, and we wanted to differentiate ourselves from – official rankings from the UFC, from Bellator, and whoever else has official rankings. So this is the number... So this is, to, to Jose's point, this is the according, This is officially the number seven lightweight in the world fight. What do, we have at, what do we have Moises at? He is not ranked. However, in my own rankings, in my own uh, rankings, I would have him 17. I would have him in the top 20. I don't know if you guys disagree, but I would have him in the top 20. 
He's top 20 in mine, too. So number seven versus sure. the top 20 guy. Top 20, yeah. 20-ish. Yeah. In the pretty real good. Pretty good. Like, as, as, as Casey Lydon yeah. once said, sometimes you need showcase fights. And that... And that's what I think this is. And, and I love showcase fights. I'm all about showcase fights. I, I, I'm just I saying love, I like you don't got to cancel your dinner plans to watch a showcase fight. That's all. Well said. Anybody picking Tiago Moises to pull off this upset before <laughs> we move on to the co-main event? No, but I think it's definitely closer than those massive odds you just laid out. I yeah. think the odds are accurate. I think a submission is very possible. Moises is so good. It's so good on the ground. So much fun to watch too. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm on. I'm all on the uh, Maka, Makachev hype train. So I'm not going to go against it. Yeah, I think, and and Moises clearly has the striking advantage in this fight too. He's just so defensively sound and good at avoiding. I just don't know what his takedown like, defense. We haven't seen enough of a sample size because I mean, clearly he wants to keep this thing on the feet. He is dangerous on the ground too, but you do not want that man on top. Is Makachev on top of you for what could be 25 minutes? That's a long damn night. God, Jose. I th- I don't know if it's he'll steamroll over him, but I I'm excited to see him face another guy that can actually mix it up because like who's his last two fights? Dober and Hamos. Da- Davi Hamos is not known for his striking, obviously, and Drew Dober is not known for his wrestling, obviously. And I think Thiago Mo- would I favor Dober against Moises? Maybe, but I just think Moises mixes it together a lot more than Hamos and Dober. And like who was and who's his win before that? Sarukian. Like we're still comparing Sarukian based on his loss to Islam because it was a really good fight in his first ever UFC fight. People are saying, look at Armin Sarukian like did that well against Islam. How good is he? And like he hasn't lost since. So yeah, I'm very I'm very excited to watch Islam Makachev fight. And Tiago Moises. I'm excited yeah. to watch Islam Makachev fight. Yeah, you're very you're, you are very, very high on Islam. As as is everybody, but you are everyone is I, I, I had a, there, there was a moment when Islam, I think he fought it I think it was in I think it was in Cleveland. Oh, I'm not sure. It was, uh, where was it? Boston. It was in Boston. He won in Boston. Two, I remember, two yeah, I remember he dominated. I remember him doing his um, post-fight scrum, and I was with Eric Hawani, and I remember telling him, go, that must be the hardest man to book for Sean Shelby because there is no reason, because he is clearly, to me, top, I think I think I thought he was top five talent, but probably top 10, being generous, being top, he was, he was already top 10 talent. And he wasn't anywhere near the top 10 in actual rankings. And like, I just thought he was going to be impossible to book. So unless the UFC can really kind of basically connect him to Habib. So by basically, if you beat Islam, you're basically beating Habib. Otherwise, he's, gonna, he's just going to be – he's going to get matchups like this because I just don't see anyone above him in the rankings accepting a fight with him. That's why I was really disappointed when um, Kevin Lee hopped up. Because yeah. Kevin Lee wanted to fight Islam in Moscow. And I, no one wanted to fight Islam, and no one wanted to go to Moscow. And Kevin Lee wanted to do both uh, for that main event, and unfortunately, it just didn't work out for fight fans. And, and, and didn't the, he? Who did he beat in Boston? Didn't he knock out Gleison Tebow? Yeah, like, like, in, like, in like ninety seconds or something. It was a minute. Yeah, yeah. It was a minute. Yeah, yeah, a minute, yeah, yeah. Minute, I don't remember. Right? Yeah, and and this is gonna be the problem for Makachev um, too. Is if I think if I think what he 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 does what he I think he'll do, and he was gonna steamroll in this fight. He's still going to be ranked number seven or whatever he is in the UFC rankings. Like, there's no reason for us to bump him higher. So his next fight, might he might be in the same situation again. You know, he'll face Bobby Green. I don't know. Um, but we're just, it, yeah, until until a, a higher rank, until he, until he gets upset by a lower ranked guy or someone just takes that risk and faces him. Michael Jeff might have, a, he's going to have a problem against that t- eventual title shot. Still want, I still want yeah. the RDA fight. I can tell you, though. 
I can tell you though, in our in our uh, in our rankings, some people ha- I believe he was as high as if I'm remembering. I think someone had him as high as three. I would. I, could, I, mean, I would not. Top, I could. Maybe I top five. Three. I put him top five. I definitely had people. Sure. He was definitely in se- several of our voting panels top five. Uh, and I, I feel like someone had him almost high as like three or four. I, he was way, way, way up there, which mitigated because he's actually a little bit lower in my rankings. Uh, just because, again, he doesn't have that top five win. But if you're asking me, would I pick him to beat like so many names in the top 10? Yeah, I, I probably would. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always looking like who they beat yet. So kind of like Casey said, he's just stuck in this position yeah. where we all know he's a top five guy. He's clearly a top five guy. Which top five, top six, top seven guy is and going to accept this fight after this? Especially if he runs through Moises, it, he it's, it's like, going to be even more difficult. You know, yeah. and he, he says the right things. Like I think UFC 260 in his post fight press conference, uh, the one I think that that was in Ghana Stipe. Uh, he called out Tony Ferguson because he wanted to close the. He wanted to be like he, Habib and Tony yeah. never fought. And he wanted to finally put an end to that. He says the right things. Uh, he should be fighting Dan Hooker right now, but Dan Hooker said a thousand times he has no interest in it, uh, unfortunately. But such is life. Such but, is life. I do like the yeah, RDA, RDA fight. fight. And hopefully, so I. yeah. I think that's the one you can go back to if he goes out there and does, does the damn thing. So now we got. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Co-main event, Misha Tate is back. First time since UFC 205. That lost to Raquel Pennington. She walked away. She sort of stayed in the MMA space, took an executive role with one championship, did some color commentary for different promotions along the way, but she is back to uh, bid a farewell and adieu to Marion Renault, who will make the walk to the octagon for the final time. So, AK, let me start with you. What will you what what questions do you have here about Misha Tate? Like, what's the one question you really need to have answered? Man, so I mean, can she still pull the trigger? I mean, can she? The one, the one of the reasons she retired 
was, I, I mean, I think everyone, a lot of people saw the Raquel Pennington fight, UFC 205. Uh, there was some, you know, that audio in the middle of the fight where she was telling, I believe, I think it was, she was still with Brian Caraway at the time. And she was telling him like, it's just not, you know, not tonight. I, I just, I just don't have it tonight, you know? And so when she retired to like, it came as a surprise to no one. Um, now, now it's pretty easy to project that she was, is in a better place now. She's become a mother, uh, two, two, two times over. She has two children. Um, she got to do sort of see the other side of the business. She went to go work as an executive for one championship. She really got to explore life beyond just the training side of it, just the fighting side of it, the promotional side. And I think that's that's going to be huge. For her. But at the same time, this is someone coming off a nearly five year layoff, hasn't fought since November 2016. Um, so my most optimistic projection is I, I think she's going to look great. But that is a, a, that is honestly a pure guess. Because we know that that athletes can look in training, they can look great in the lead up to a fight, but she hasn't actually been in that fight scenario in almost five years. So when you step in that cage, and it's gonna be a very weird environment, no fans. You know, this is a, a UFC Apex or, or limited, uh, whoever they allow at the Apex, but essentially no fans. Can she still? Can she get that motivation without that charge of a live crowd? She's a fan favorite. You know, she always has the crowd behind her. There's no crowd this time. It's a very uh, a sterile environment. So uh, big, big, big questions uh, ahead of uh, – and she has a, a tough opponent who, yes, is on a losing streak but is a veteran, is ranked, I guess, in the UFC rankings. Um, and it's certainly not a walkover. I think it's the right opponent, right? but it's certainly not not a cakewalk. So tons of questions, tons of questions surrounding the Colmian event. Jose, we, listen, we talk about MMA, quote-unquote, retirements all the time, and a lot of them don't stick. But are you surprised that we're about to watch a Misha Tay fight after UFC 205 and her walking away and her going to one and all that? Like, did you ever think we'd see a day where Misha Tay would say, you know what, let's do this again and let's try to make another run at this thing? Uh, I'm a little surprised it's in the UFC. If anything, I thought she would, you know, return to one championship or – uh, maybe go to like in Victor or PFL or whatever. I'm not so I, I'm not surprised she's back. Uh, maybe she wanted to compete for like show her kids that she could compete. Like maybe they're at an age where they can actually like acknowledge that their mom is a high level athlete. That I don't know. Um, but I'm surprised she's back in the UFC. But cool, another uh, high level bantamweight challenger that uh, we've we've been talking a lot about how Amanda Nunes is running out of opponents and yeah, she just tore through Misha Tate. Uh, but I want to see if, depending on how, how Misha Tate looks on Saturday, I wouldn't hate seeing that rematch again. Like, just, I know it's not fresh blood, but five years is a long time between fights. I mean, what was it, like seven years or something crazy like that between Connor and Dustin? And that was a complete, completely different turnout, too. Uh, so I'm excited. Uh, will she win? Don't know, but I'm excited to see how she looks. Casey, AK sort of touched on it, and I want to get your take on this because, and I, I think you were there for the Eric Nixick interview. I'm pretty sure you you produced that. Yeah. But Eric, I, I I asked him about Misha, and he said that the biggest thing about her return that gets him excited was the fact that she stuck around in the space. Mentally, she got to see the sport evolve, and she got to watch it with her own eyes, and she, and she understood it. So while the physical side of her wasn't quite there when she got back, the mental capacity when it comes to MMA was there because she'd been there the entire time. Do you agree with that? And you know, how much do you think that helps her heading into this return after nearly five years out of the out of the cage? Uh, I'm I'm going to take um, uh, Nick Zick's word and you know believe him that she didn't mentally leave MMA. Um, I, I'm 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 super excited about her return. Um, she's not she hasn't aged out of the sport. She's only 34. She 
retired relatively young. And let's not forget when she bought Amanda Nunes, I think, uh, I mean, I don't want to throw her nutrition, nutritionist under the bus. She was on keto. Yeah, she was on a she was on a pretty bad MMA bro type of diet, and she had a horrible <laughs> weight cut. And um, if you remember, like remember, she almost didn't even make the cut for the weigh-in. Yeah. Like that that fight yeah. almost got canceled. So Amanda Nunes clearly is you know the best bantamweight in the world right now. But I I think if they ran it back you no know, hundred times, Amanda doesn't doesn't dominate that easily. I guess. Um, so no, I'm excited in. I'm excited about coming back in. I never thought Misha Tate retired. I think she just needed an extended break. And because people forget, I mean, Misha's been doing this since, like, she's a veteran. Even though she's only 34, I feel like she's been in this for, like, as long as any other woman in the sport. She was fighting, you know, shoot and hook tournaments way, way pre-Invicta. Hook, pre, hook and shoot. Hook and shoot. Yeah, sorry, hook and shoot. She was doing those <laughs> tournaments way, way back before, you know, there was any televised um, women's MMA. So, she got thrown into the limelight, you know, and she didn't. And unfortunately, she was always in Rhonda's shadow. And, you know, she was in a very bad relationship. And, you know, I'm happy for her. You know, I think, you know, her and Brian Caraway, you know, split up. So she seems to be in a better place, I'm hoping. So um, I'm just, I, I hope we see just a mentally um, just focused and um, inspired uh, Misha Tate and not just someone, you know, going in there for a paycheck because I think she's you know, probably financially she was doing OK. I, I don't really think this is a paycheck type fight. And so I think she is back in the UFC. because I'm I'm sure I'm sure Bellator, <clears throat> I'm sure some other promotions overseas or PFL could have offered more money. But I really this is one of the few times I think she's actually she's actually doing it for the competition and she loves the sport. So that's good. I think it's perfect matchmaking. This is yeah, the exact perfect, way perfect to matchmaking too. Perfect yep. matchmaking. I agree. Well, Mary, yeah, this is Marion's last fight ever, right? Like she's retiring, win or lose. That's, that's what she is. Yeah. She, yeah. she is 44 years old. That's she's the, she's that the, is amazing. She's that's the, oldest act, the oldest active fighter in the UFC right now. That's incredible. <laughs> her, first, her first pro fight, hook and shoot, November of 2007, lost to Caitlin Young. No, I thought that was, uh, that was two fights in one card, right? On one night? Yeah, she beat, so Jan, like she the, beat Jan Finney. She beat Jan Finney too, but she lost to Caitlin Young that night. Right. Yeah. And then wasn't I, her third knockout? <laughs> wasn't she on the card? And I don't remember if this was her next fight or like it was one of her first five fights. Uh, she fought on the card on the first time Gilbert Melendez fought Josh Thompson. Like there was the that was the first matchup, and they fought four times, didn't they? That uh, that that was the main event of. Uh, Strike Force Melendez versus Thompson Unreal. in June of 2008 from uh, the HP Pavilion in San Jose, California. That's crazy. Wow, that, going hey, back I, and I gotta I, go back and watch some of those cards. I actually thought Misha when I looked at I was looking topology in their ages. I thought Misha was a lot older. To be honest, she's only 34. Yep. I, I, I honestly for as long as she's been in the sport. So that was that's just that's pretty wild. Chris Carrioso fought on the card. Brian Caraway also fought on that card. How about that? Yeah, I think I think I think Misha even said it herself. Like she was just burnt out. Yeah. She was tired of the whole process. Like after she lost to Ronda, she was fighting like three times a year. Like just took to claw her way back up. I just think she got burnt out completely. Yeah. The run just to get to the title. I think she had four wins in like 14 months before she got the title shot against yeah. home, which wasn't that that long after the Jessica I oh. win. So yeah, she was super duper active. Yeah. Uh and I just, Anybody picking? I, I just think oh, it's really, just really important to highlight to Tate. Like, 
she like she started she was fighting in like in parking lots like when people like Ronda or even um I don't know any other fighters any other the, the newer female fighters they had someone to look up to you know they had like oh I can be Ronda I can be Joanna I can you know I can be this star when Misha came into this there, there was no there was no star you know it was just like oh let's do this and you no know, hope my opponent shows up and maybe I'll get five hundred bucks so I, I I completely understand what a now there's some space away from her retirement. Like, just what a mental overload that must have been. It's just a pressure, especially, especially always being in the shadow of Ronda too. To you know, so to come from nowhere and then when you finally succeed, then you have this other woman named Ronda Rousey just kind of just berating you. And you know, and you know how it was. It was just, it was just bad, um, just the back and forth. And I, so I'm I'm happy. I'm just excited. I hope Misha is happy. I'm hoping it's a good fight. You know, so I'm yeah, excited about we, it. We we. She she is a true pioneer. I mean, yeah. we throw around the board pioneer a lot, but I mean, it, it'd be like her, Sarah Kaufman, Roxanne Modafferi, Julie Kedzie. There's like just I mean, I, I'm I'm leaving a lot of people out. I'm sure, but she's definitely in there. And you're totally right for for her life to, to just have been consumed uh, for like over a decade. You know what I mean? With just no with no well, oh, I guess I said 2007, so almost the entirety of a decade. But probably felt like two decades for her. Um, that's why I think it was so like when she came out of retirement. One, it wasn't super surprising. And two, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here. I, I don't think all of us had the usual reaction of like, oh, hashtag MMA retirement. And, um, you know, she shouldn't be coming back. The, again, at least for me, and I, and I touched upon it before, there was this thought that she had kind of, I thought she kind of rounded out her life. You know, she had found a, a purpose beyond me should take the fighter, which again, is all she probably had been from 2007 to 2016. Um, and as, as great as that was, you know, I'm, I'm sure she, she enjoyed much of the ride as well. To just be that one thing in such an intense profession for so long, yes. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I can't, I can't imagine the, the kind of mental toll that takes on you. So for her to go away and start this whole other life, and then decide, you know what though, I, I'm like I'm 34 years young. I can still compete. I still want to compete. Let's do it. Let's give it one more shot before it's a few years down the road, and, and I and I just don't have that option anymore. So. I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't be more like positive about wanting to see her fight again, regardless of what happens on Saturday. Yep. Perfect matching. Like we said, I like, I mean, there's, it's just about the fight. Marion Renault is not a big trash talker. She knows what's, what's at stake. She knows that this is her last fight. I think it's just absolutely perfect. So, um, let me, let me look at the betting line real quick for that one. It's pretty, it's definitely closer than the main event. Misha Tate, minus 145 favorite, the comeback on Marion Renault, plus 125. So line probably perfectly in yeah. my eyes. Anybody picking the uh, the upset in Marion Renault riding off into retirement with a big win over Misha Tate? Sure. I'm not. <laughs> I'll do the guy. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. But I'm telling you something. I think she's going to hurt Misha in, in at some point in the fight. She's going to hurt Misha, like crack, crack her with a good shot. Uh, and that might be a good thing. Maybe that'll wake Misha up. But it might be in the first round. Maybe in the second round. I do think Mary Renault is really tough. Uh, she's never been finished. Um, I think a lot of people are, are, you know, are kind of just wanting to see Misha get in there. Maybe see see a lot of the old Misha get in there and like her, you know, brawl a little bit, get a submission. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen with Mary Renault. This is probably going to go the distance, and in no, some ways, no. it's a good thing. I think it's a good the thing. matchmakers probably thought, yeah, probably thought about that. Let's, the, you know, fifteen minutes get get the whatever quote or bring Rust off if you believe in that sort of thing. Uh, but she's gonna she's gonna be tested. I, I do think Renault's going to crack her with like a good one at some point, and like legitimately like rock her, and we're going to be concerned for a moment. <laughs> And who is like who is Marion a loss to? Like Holly Holm, Raquel Pennington, like Kat Zingano, 
Yana, did she lose to Yana or did she beat yeah, Yana? I was yeah, she lost to Yana. Yana. Then she yeah. beat Sarah McMahon and then like Mason Chazon, yes. who's like, who was essentially a featherweight and she's not been finished. And then doesn't she have a win over like Jessica Andrade too? Like, yep. Not fighting plums. And like a draw against Betch Gohea, the GOAT. Yeah. So it's very tough. Tough, tough Who woman. Else? Split decision loss to Ashley Evan Smith, a fight that a lot of people thought Mariner no won. And yeah. her only yeah. other loss before that in 2012, Julia Avila on the regional <laughs> scene. How about that? Uh, rest of the main card, we got uh, Matush Gamrot versus Jeremy Stevens mm. at 155 pounds. Mm. No shove. Big no favorite. Shove. Yes, no shove. Hands behind the back. Uh, I thought Jeremy Stevens. It's it's. it's didn't really like his uh, his comments regarding the direct car close thing, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the return of Rodolfo Vieta taking on Dustin Stoltzfus. That should be a lot of fun. And then the main card opens with an absolute banger. Billy Q versus Gabriel Benitez. That is a lot of fun. So some good fights. Uh, I believe the prelims start at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, wire to wire on ESPN Plus, and the main card starts at 10 p.m. Eastern. Of course it does, coming off of a crazy pay-per-view event. So what are the peeps saying? We'll take some questions, some thoughts, some comments from the peeps. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Right. I'm so excited for Gamrot to return. <laughs> I know it's a great again, perfect, I'm, perfect I, matchmaking. <laughs> Hadolfo, I, I gotta see how Hadolfo does. Hadolfo right, uh, on the wrong end of my, my submission of the year so far. If Misha Tate wins tomorrow, one would think she's one fight away from a title shot. Who would her next opponent be? Would you throw in there with Irene Aldana, AK? Irene. One of. Irene, uh, one away, man. I, I, it's true. The thing is, one thirty-five is such a thin division. Like when, when, it, when I was reading that question, and I was like, "No, she's not one away." But <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Like we said, Irene Aldana certainly ahead of her. Uh, who? I mean, so Juliana Pena. We know her. Her pal is is fighting next. Uh, GDR got booked. Or GDR is fighting. Who's GDR fighting? Nobody. Nobody. She got booked. When I did mean, she get booked? I thought she was. Am I, am I crazy? I know, I know. She was hurt. She, oh, she was injured. She had surgery and stuff, so we, she's, it, she's out for a little bit. It's a good thing I don't do a show about like matchmaking and uh, future matchups because <laughs> you know, otherwise this, this, would be really, this, would be really, this would be really embarrassing. There's, really uh, embarrassing for me. there's two answers. Uh, <laughs> there's two answers. Misha Tate already ahead, said sorry. if they both won – that she was going to fight Yana next. But now that Yana lost to Irene, she's going to have to fight Irene or just yeah. make the Holly Holm rematch. I don't particularly care either way. Both those fights rule. But if we're basing it off of Misha Tate's MMA math, she was already eyeing Yana because I think they had been like tied together at some point. Just give her the woman that uh, uh, just beat her unless the UFC makes her move up to featherweight. I like the Holly Holm idea. Like, I want to see yeah, Holm and GDR fight again because I think they owe us another fight after yeah. the UFC 208 debacle. But uh, I mean, yeah. I'm kind of kidding. But 
I don't know. What do you think, Casey? I, I feel like the Misha Tate title win over Holly Holm is one of the more unheralded fights, like title fights for sure in UFC history. Like it's not talked about as some of the oh, more yeah. like, exciting MMA. It's, oh. I mean, I know it was on a Connor card, but I mean, God, that that's, that I mean, submission win in the fifth round was I'll never forget when, that. She night. was she was down, I think three rounds to one. She was on her way to losing that fight. It was it was an incredible fight. It was incredible. It was a big upset. Um, it was yeah. There was yeah yeah. If, uh, go back to the question. If Tate wins, yeah, Tate Tate home to me is the fight to make. And hopefully they can give that Diaz type of push where they give it five rounds if it's a co-main event on a pay uh, on a pay per view or something like that. Or I want to be in front of fans. That's the only reason I want to be in a, on a pay per view. That's the reason. Uh, otherwise, if it's um yeah Tate versus home too, but I want it five rounds. Um, I don't I don't want Misha to face um Aldana next, mostly because. I feel Aldana is most likely next for the title shot. And I just hate when the UFC com- continues to put, in such a thin division, they continue to put number one contenders potentially getting knocked out from a title fight. And um, if Tate beats, t- Tate wins tomorrow and she beats Holly, heck yeah. No, title shot's next. But um, it's a lot of ifs. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the weight miss kind of hurts Aldana in this conversation because mm-hmm. uh, I mean it wasn't just a, she didn't miss weight by a half pound she missed weight by a lot and lady, lady problems I think that kind of lady problems she has some lady problems I, I I can't understand that <laughs> but uh, I think what I think will end up happening for Aldana is she'll fight the winner of Aspen Lad versus Macy Chieson and then mm-hmm. you know make the weight and then you go from there but we'll see one thirty five number one Misha star number- bar, but some interesting options. Yeah. Remember when Misha talked about going to flyweight for a bit? Remember that that was she kept talking about that. That was a while ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but then she then she like did the keto diet and realized that she couldn't cut weight on it. She's like, I'm 135 now, but like if she wants to go to 125, <laughs> I wouldn't hate her versus Valentina either. Sheesh! Wow, something you don't really think about that often. No, but you got to win tomorrow. That's win tomorrow. and not, if she doesn't win tomorrow, then none of this matters. So. Yeah, Matt, Matt uh, she looks good on the down. scale. Slow down. One thirty-five on the nose. Championship weight for yes. Misha Demon. Tate. She looked tremendous on the scale. Uh, thank you, Matt. What else we got? Slow comment. There yeah. you go, Jose. He sold salesmanship. Pay the man. Dana White, you're welcome. Is <laughs> like there are some some like like when I was on Fight Island for a while, like and they I you can tell when certain like. Like if a Brazilian media member or like a UK media member is there, like they'll always build up their their fighters. The one of the some of the Russian media on Fight Island really like I, it was just different. Like they were like Islam is could be the champion right now, and they just sold the hell out of me on Islam, and it just felt different than like various other like uh, reporters talking up their own fighters. Like they were like he has no. He, he, his path is going to be the hardest to get to, but once he gets that belt, he's not going to let it go. So I'm very, very curious how Islam looks in his first main event. You know, it's interesting. Um, the person that Islam lost to, um, Adriana Martinez, Martinez. Yeah, yeah. The guy never won again after that. No. <laughs> yeah, right. That's how. Nope. That's he, how it is. He, he got he got a you know a big up. And he, he was a, he was yeah. a, d- a decent lightweight, big upset victory. You never won again in his career. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just funny. That's MMA. That's the guy that Cowboy decapitated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Guram called out, offered to fight Islam on five days notice, which made me a big fan of that guy too. 
Is this true? I didn't hear about this. I haven't heard that, but I think they should be fighting right now anyway. But Dan Hooker, I think, was was one of the guys holding out for the Nate Diaz fight. Because like when RDA fell out, Islam called out Dan Hooker. And they, he was like, not a, this was the first fight island. Like that five-week fight island where they had five cars in five weeks all on Abu Dhabi. Because uh, I think Islam was the was was either the co-main or the main, it was one of the main events in December or whatever for the Habib card. Um, and then Dan Hooker was doing his podcast, and he's like, "No chance in hell, this and that." And then he goes, "But Nate Diaz, I'll fight you on five days' notice." It was like as like a jokes. Obviously, didn't work out. That was also when Nate Diaz was tweeting about Dan Hooker, so maybe there was an actual possibility there. Not sure. I'm trying to think how who has Dan Hooker fought that's similar to Islam. And I, I mean, obviously, Gilbert, there aren't a lot of guys Gilbert, that are similar to Islam. Gilbert Burns, maybe. <sighs> yeah, yeah. But I think Gilbert's a, 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 quite a bit smaller than um, Dan Hooker. I guess a lot of oh, yeah. people. A lot of people. I mean, are, everyone at 155 is going to be smaller. This is, this is true. I don't know because the question is asking how how would the matchup go? I mean, I think most of us would favor. Um, Islam, but I mean the counter to that is also you know again what we keep saying Islam hasn't fought anyone quite at that level like that that definite top ten guy yet, uh, so that's that's what makes the Dan Hooker matchup so intriguing. It's like the perfect test for him, uh, and you almost wish he was fighting Dan Hooker. What was it? Uh, was, what, what, was Dober ranked? Was, what was what was Dober ranked when they? Fought? Dober was ranked like fourteen. He's okay. a, yeah, he was in there. He oh, was right. Oh, he just kind of busted. He just kind of got into the fifteen rankings. But I think it was. I think it was just Islam's domination over Dober mm-hmm. that was. Even though Dober wasn't that ranked, it's just like his. Whoa, that guy Islam's clearly better than a very very good Drew Dober. I think that that was still, mm-hmm. that 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 was it. Fifteen minutes. Did he survive or did he get finished? No, he got finished. He finished. Okay, well, he finished he finished didn't, he didn't break a sweat. Because <laughs> <laughs> if and you I watch, think, yeah, the, that's exactly why we feel we look so high. We feel yeah. so high on Islam. Yeah. No, yeah, I do think Dan Hooker is a notch above Drew Dober, yeah, but too. if yeah. but if he and that's why it's such a, like again, it, it, it feels it like they, they have, yeah they have such a logical way to build them up. Uh, you just hope that they 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 do go down that path and that uh, someone like a Dan Hooker does accept to fight him. But again, it's it's all up in the air. All right, this, this Dan Hooker is- said. Um, Dan Hooker told our friends at Submission Radio that the only reason uh, the fight didn't get put together between Hooker and Makachev was Hooker wanted to fight on that June pay per view card that Volkanovski was supposed to fight on. Uh, that was like part of it, uh, but Makachev wasn't going to be ready to go. So that's what happened there. It's a timing thing. That's why okay. it didn't happen. Well, so that, that, the card in Phoenix. Maybe, yeah, it was June. Maybe, maybe it was the May card. Maybe it was the May card. It was, okay. Maybe it was the Houston card. Because I think that yeah. Volkanovski was supposed to fight in March before he fell out. Yeah, yeah and then, it was, then they were going to try to make it for... Then Hooker wanted it for two sixty three, which was, was so the that Adesanya would make, card. Yeah, they were which the Adesanya card. Yeah, and Islam and Riddell, wasn't going to be ready until July. Yeah. And Riddell was on that card, so it yeah. made a lot of sense. So yeah, the problem with Hooker uh, Hooker is a lot of its scheduling because of the uh, COVID yeah. travel restrictions and stuff. So in the quarantines, I, I not I'm not I don't think any of us try or anyone should ever imply that Hooker is, is avoiding Islam in that sense. I think it's just uh, timing and training and COVID all that stuff. So yeah. Now but, if Makachev goes out there and does work here and then is ready to turn around and fight in September, I think Dan Hooker would probably fight in September since Volkanovski's mm. fighting on that card. So mm. I like that. Dude, I like that, that. that main that main card would be bananas. He's <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Uh, okay. uh, I got a question. Yeah, let's see. This one's um, for Jose. 
Dude, I love Mateus Gamrot so much. He is <laughs> so talented. He is like, I think he just laid an egg in his UFC debut against Guram, but for all we know, Guram is like, yeah, I uh, think so Guram's really like good. Yeah. Future, so do I. Like, I just think, uh, who I can't remember who was supposed to fight, but like, Guram took that on like a last minute changeup, right? Mustafaev. Yeah. And yeah, like, Guram just, and, and Guram is like a, is the main training partner for Hamza Shamayev, who's about to fight Leon Edwards for like a title shot. And then, uh, we all saw like Marlon when Marlon fought Rafael Assuncao in his first fight. Like we all know, Marlon was way better than his, he showed in his UFC debut. And then they rematched and he just tore through him. So I think I think it was a a weird introduction for UFC fans for Mateus Gamrot, champ champ from KSW. If Casey, you were there, if you remember when we interviewed uh, remember. Martin Lewandowski, we were talking about like you and I made it a point to ask him where about Mateus Gamrot's future before he was in the UFC. So for a long time, I thought he was the best light. It was like him and Chandler were like the two best lightweights not in the UFC. And I wanted one of if And now we have both of them in the UFC. Obviously, he's not going to get the Michael Chandler uh, treatment. Yes, but yeah. uh, I'm if he if he gets past Jeremy Stevens, I'm like the, the sky's the limit for him moving forward. Great matchmaking by Dude, the UFC, by the way. Fantastic matchmaking. Tremendous. Perfect matchmaking yeah. because Jeremy is still got a name, even though he's on a losing streak. Jeremy still has that sort of danger behind him. And to see what Matush Gamrod did to Scott Holtzman was oh. super eye-opening because yes. normally he's the guy who just takes you down and just just beats you up for however long the fight is and just makes it miserable for you. But seeing how improved his striking is getting and he's got knock, he's got power to finish fights with the strikes, that's a scary thing, man. That's a very scary thing to see. Yeah. If you're a 155er and you're seeing Gamrock go out there and starting to drop dudes with punches, oof, that's a scary and thing. I, I've said this when he got, when he when like when he, after his first fight, the only reason he's not getting like the big, like if he was in light heavyweight or flyweight, he would get the same treatment as Manel Cape or Yuri Prohaska. Yuri wins like two in a row violently, and he's already in title contention. And Manel Cape was a backup for the flyweight fight before he even had a fight in the UFC. And then he had two back-to-back like top 10 flyweights. Lightweight is just so stacked, and I think Michael Chandler was such an anomaly, and he's like so popular amongst the fight, the U.S. fan base that they gave he's in the anomaly. But any other like shallow weight class Gamrot could be fast tracked to a title shot. Great, and this is how you do it: you fight guys yeah. like Jeremy Stevens, and yeah, um, yeah. awesome. Do you think? Uh, do you guys think if 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 uh, Gamrot just smokes Stevens, do you think this is finally maybe the end for Stevens in the UFC? <laughs> no. no. No, no never. No. <laughs> no. Jeremy, Ste- Jeremy Stevens can lose 15 fights in a row, and Dana White will think he's just such a savage that he can't possibly release him. Uh, the only thing I would say is if it's not a – like I know it's inevitably Dana White's call for a lot of these things, but like if, if Hunter Campbell's like he just makes too much money and he's not winning, then then maybe because like we've seen Overeem and JDS and everyone get get released, and we've seen like uh, our Amari Akhmedov or how we pronounce the last name released. So mm-hmm. maybe, but I'm not – it's like a one percent chance, maybe. All non-Americans, eh? All non-Americans. Yeah. My prediction: yeah. Connor comes back, loses to Dustin Poirier about twelve more times. Then yeah. we finally get McGregor versus yeah. Jeremy Stevens. Yeah. The who the f is that guy matchup? Yeah. Finally resolved. Makes sense. Well, I think I think what they would end up doing is they'd be like, Jeremy, you either fight your car close or you're gone, and then he'll have to say yes at some point. Yeah. Jeremy Stevens is like last. Three years have just been a murderer's row. True, like and, and, all and that, top three fighters. And that's, but that's 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 why, <laughs> and that's exactly why he is in the UFC because 
the matchmakers know that he's an exciting fighter who will he'll he'll win exciting and he'll lose exciting and so he'll push so the other guy you know gets to push so um he's he's great for matchmakers you know and you know 100 percent. yeah it's true he should have a job he should have a job yeah do 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 um oh yeah so i i keep forgetting because he's been stevens has been booked a, a few times that the last time we saw him fight was the cater fight last year yep and that was that was a uh he made, he made cater look amazing <laughs> he also missed weight very badly yes uh has the holloway fight been rescheduled no it has not been rescheduled uh from what holloway said during the fight week last week doing numerous interviews and doing media days and and stuff like that is that um he didn't really feel that injured just when you go through your medical checks something popped up some sort of uh some sprain or fracture or something that was flagged and they're like nope you can't fight so uh he's working through stuff with the ufc and We'll see what happens because remember he also said that he was going to be the backup for he was the original backup for Poirier versus McGregor, so he would already be in Vegas if something happened. He got put on there. So with a guy like Holloway, you could go a, a lot of different ways. Hell, I mean, they might keep him to be the backup for Volkanovski versus Ortega if if, if needed. So um, it has not been rescheduled. There's no word if it will be rescheduled. We'll see what happens. It's just one of those things where the UFC is just there's no timetable. Just fast for moving Holloway, right? Has he given no. a timetable yet? No. No. Man. It is what it is. That's I, what he said. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was it didn't seem like a serious injury, so it's just probably something that's Max takes Ma- Max takes his Max and his team specifically take his medicals super serious. Like remember when he lost in Edmonton and we were at there everyone's asked or when he won in Edmonton and everyone was asking him about Volkanovski. He's like <laughs> he's like I got to go take tests before I can think about another fight and then we can talk <laughs> about it. I had I had a lot of respect for Max Holloway. I already did, but after he beat Frankie Edgar, you know, you know, it was a, a workmanlike performance. I think it was five rounds, and then basically he admitted afterward, "Why didn't you go for the kill?" He's like, he's like, I don't want to get if I throw harder punches. That's a bit, that's a more of a chance I get hit back harder too. So I knew I was winning the fight. I don't want to get I don't want to get hit in the head too many times. You know, I have kids, I have a family, and um, Max Holloway's thinking about his future. So, you know, that's when, so him pulling out of this fight, um, due to injury, I'm hope, I'm hoping it's just, you know, a light sprain on his ankle, you know, and he knows he has to be a hundred percent if you're going to fight Yair Rodriguez. I'm hoping it's not, has nothing to do with, you know, when Max had to pull out of that fight versus Ortega, was it Ortega? Was it, what was the fight yeah, he had to pull Before yeah. Frankie came yeah. in. Before Frankie, yeah. I, ho- I hope it's nothing crazy like that. Um, and I just, Max Holloway has been a lot of wars. And, um, so let's just hope. It's it's just a sprain. He's back and he's why back. why can't he fight with a sprain, Casey? We just saw <laughs> one of the, a high level fighter enter enter the octagon with fractures up and down his legs. He's got the medical proof. He showed the medical proof today. Conor McGregor, my gosh, he had the fra- and you're saying and, and Max Holloway is taking his his health seriously. Listen, that's why there's that's why there's the McGregors of the world and there's the Max Holloways of the world. I'm just you know I'm just saying. <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> it is real talk. I'll take a couple more. A couple, couple more. more. Uh, AK, did you ever figure out where Jed was? I know the answer to this uh, question, but. Well, Scott, I mean, again, this came up on BTL, and uh, the problem with the, the question you're asking now is, is you're assuming that I, again, I already said I don't care. So that's the first question you should, you should have asked is, do I care where Jed is? 
uh, the answer is still no. So I think that should answer the question that you did uh, post. So the real question uh, moving is on. Anyone what <laughs> Jed, so for some reason, Jed has gotten over amongst the BTL audience. It took a while. He, him not being while, him not did. being there. I knew, and I knew it would happen. That's why he's such a mainstay on the show. Because, hey, I mean, take, he invokes you, emotion. You take a you take a giant spitball and you throw it against the wall enough times. Eventually, it sticks. Yeah. Okay, that's that's, right. that's how I'm going to compare that. That is, wow. Jed, so this, this you throw enough, you you throw enough things at a wall. Eventually, something will stick to it, and then you say, "Look, I told you." And then, my, and meanwhile, you have like this pile <laughs> of trash on the floor that just <laughs> never worked out. Festering. I think I saw best best prelim fight of the weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll keep it simple. Best prelim fight of this card. Uh, I think it's one of those fights where I'm really interested in one fighter in every single card, in every single fight, but not the actual matchup. Uh, Lemos Ruiz fight. Yeah. Okanejo, I think is the one I'm most interested in in terms of both women, but like. I'm always going to watch Daniel Rodriguez fight. Miles Johns is super exciting. Khalid Taha is super exciting. And then Francisco Figueredo, former, uh, I mean, uh, brother of former champ Davidson, is really excited. And then Alan, how do you pronounce his last name? Uh, I say Badeau. 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 Like, I don't, fun I fights, don't know if that's like, Nothing that I'm overly excited about for the actual matchup. I I think the Taha uh, Morozov matchup is really good. Taha has been a, pretty inconsistent, but I do think he's talented. And Morozov, I'm super high on him. I don't know if I'm quite like Gamrot fanboy level high uh, as Jose is with with uh, with Gamrot, but I think Morozov. I remember when he fought um, Umar Umar Nurmagomedov. I was like, I thought it was a much yeah. closer fight than uh, people thought it was going to be. And going around, Umar style that, but Umar looked amazing. He's super legit. But I think Morozov had his moments too. And I think before, if you watch any of his stuff before the UFC, he's a really, really, really good uh, bantamweight prospect. So I would, yeah. if I had to pick a, if I had to pick a fight where I'm excited to see what both guys can do, I do think the 135 matchup between um, Taha and Morozov would be my, my favorite fight. The Russian media on Fight Island said Umar is the best. Will was is the most talented of that entire crew. Wow. Like he is by far the like he, they say he's more talented than Islam and Habib, so they think he has the biggest future. And uh, Habib, if you watch his interviews, people have been asking like, "Oh, do you, what would happen if Habib fought Pyotr Jan, like a Russian versus a Russian?" And he goes, and Habib's like, "Umar said two fights. Like, settle down, bro." <laughs> <laughs> his stand up is insane. Umar's so standard is it's, it's so exciting. Like it's so I'm, fun to watch. I'm super excited to see Amanda Lemos and, and Montserrat. Uh, yeah. Montserrat, Montserrat she, as far as a, a promoter, she's got the look. You know, she just like she's someone I when I see I just if I start walking on the street, I'm like, who the hell is that lady? I want to know her story. You know? <laughs> that lady, that lady gets in fist fights for, yeah, a that, for sure. <laughs> what? That lady's a cage fighter? I am shocked. <laughs> so uh, as she, she came in. Yeah, and she, I thought she looked great in her um, – she fought once in UFC or twice? She fought once. Once. Oh, the bias fight, yeah. I thought she looked great. Uh, I, her run in, um, in Victor was, was great. But Amanda uh, Lemos, holy moly. I was not a believer in her. But she was originally a 35er, correct? And yep. she, yeah. I, I, just, I, looked, actually, I just looked at my topology, topology page. In her three strawweight fights, I picked against her every time. So I'm 0-3 in her pick. Right. But <laughs> – I, I, when the way she beat Mizuki Inoue and Livia Souza, I, I think both of those women are they have the potential to be top ten strawweights. They just don't have the comp they just not, but I feel like they have the potential to be. And then Amanda Lemos just walks through them. So I am super excited about her. And I think uh if Amanda Lemos looks 
dominates the way I think she will tomorrow night. Um, I think we have a future title contender with her. So excited about that fight. Yep. I think she's legit. She's the yeah. real deal. Uh, one more. One more. One more. One more. One more. Um, Ruiz also has a fantastic combination of terrible tattoos and fantastic tattoos. Yeah. Um, Hi. I, Hi re- Jeremiah. I already responded. Hi, to Jeremiah. I already responded to this. Hi. There's in the, three, in the there, chat. nerds and virgins. There's there's four of us. Come on, we can't. This okay. Jeez. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. What shirt is Casey wearing? Oh, it's um. So Metal I'm glad this was our last question. Yeah. It's a uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's uh, oh it's damn. The, it's the uh, it's the uh, the VHS cover the Jap for the Jap- uh, Japanese release of it. Oh That's my god! Look at this guy. So wow. Casey, you are. You are you are so cool. Have I ever told you that? You are so cool, sir. Oh my gosh, hipsters. There's only one shirt. There's only one brand that I represent. Bam! This is the only shirt you need. This is the hippest shirt there is. Uh, I think my Wade Box shirt is the best oh one. Oh yeah, someone oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, someone asked about that. What, what, what is your AK, AK, come on. This is a family, this is a family show. What are you doing? Yeah, we don't want to see that. <laughs> Hey, okay. We don't want to see the MMA fighting logo we work for. We want to see a horror movie about a bunch of cannibals and a base and an alcoholic racist baseball player instead. <laughs> That's right. Am I right? Come on, guys. What are we talking about? Yes. This is, the Wade, this is the Wade Boggs rookie card from 1983 on a t-shirt. Wade Boggs is my guy growing up. I had over a hundred Wade Boggs baseball cards. Him and Ryan Sandberg of the Cubs were uh, yeah. my two go-tos. You picked I, one good. You picked one nice human being. I have a Mark. And Grace, I'm a huge. Yeah. I, I liked Wade Boggs as a kid too, and then I realized how he was in real life. I'm like, oh, oh. pass. Never know. Never yeah. meet your heroes. Never meet your. Heroes. No, I'd never met the man. Okay. He just opened his mouth and spoke. <laughs> yes. Never, never follow your heroes on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> unless, just, unless, just, unless they're MMA. Unless they're MMA fighters. These are the people you should. These are the people you should. Nothing. Nothing but heroes. Nothing but heroes. Unproblematic heroes in MMA. That's right. Uh, We are done. We are out of here. We'll see you 6.30 tomorrow, Eastern time, for the People's Pre-Fight Show. We'll talk a little bit more about this, and we'll turn it over to you for 30 minutes. So, yes, you want to come in? Uh, We got trouble? Yeah. He's not dressed like Godzilla this time. Hey, buddy. What's up, dog? There you go. Godspeed. Move along. (laughs) <laughs> Move along. Move along. We're going to see Space Jam 2 in a little while. So good night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Space Jam sucks. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. 
But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.